0: Thanks for joining us today. This is Kevin Mullins, pastor at Broad River Church. And we're really grateful that you checked us out. If this message has been inspiring to you, we hope that you visit our website at broadriver.church. And you can go to the plan a visit page and see if there's a time that you could visit Broad River Church in person. You also can give at that same web page, And you can check us out also on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Broad River Church. We hope this message is a blessing to you. Good morning, everybody. We're really glad that you joined us online this morning. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. There are four Gospels in what we call our New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is the third of those Gospels. So come on, why don't you find a way to be reading the Bible, either in a paper version or maybe on your phone, pull up Luke chapter 17. My name is Kevin, along with my wife Jacinta. We are lead pastors here at Broad River Church, and we are really missing being with all of you. I was thinking this last week of this uh, hair band uh, song from the 80s that says, you don't know what you've got until it's gone, right? You don't know what you got. Maybe some of you know that song, until it's gone. And I always knew that I loved being with all of you, but now I'm starting to realize just how much it was. We're um, going to kind of take a little bit of a detour. We were in a, the middle of a series called Mastermind, but I've decided to set that aside at least for the next few weeks and kind of go in a different direction. Um, on Monday the 16th, so a couple of weeks ago now, the first day after our first online service, I was doing my soap guide and, and praying. Soap is the way that we uh, read God's Word together. Um, you can find the soap guide on our website at broadriver.church. And I left that time, spending time with God, uh, with this sentence in my heart and mind. And that sentence was, healing is coming. And I've been living with that phrase for the last few weeks. And I just want to share a quick story here from Luke chapter 17, from Jesus' time on earth. I want to share my heart with you today. Let's look at Luke chapter 17. We're going to read verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem... He was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, you are my rock and my redeemer. I pray that you would speak to your people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if it wasn't unique enough all by itself, the fact that this virus has hit us within the season of Lent is really important if you're a follower of Christ, Uh, Lent, as you may know, is this 40 days that lead up to Easter, and so we're about halfway through it. Uh, And Lent is a time of reflection and repentance. It's a a time of preparation to walk fully into the power of the resurrection of Jesus that we're going to be celebrating two weeks from today. And I mean, if you don't take the chance to sink into Lent this year and sink into the reflection and repentance that Lent offers us as we prepare our hearts for Easter, I I wonder when you would. I wonder when we would. And as I read this story of Jesus as he journeyed to Jerusalem, I realized how much that I have in common with these lepers. Jesus comes across these 10 lepers and they have this horrible disease, you should read up on leprosy uh, just to kind of get an idea, that literally eats your flesh away. It's horribly contagious. So they they have to self-isolate. They have to keep themselves away from everybody else. They're forced to quarantine. This is a word we're getting familiar with because the danger is just much too high for them to be with other people. In fact, part of your existence, is, as if you're a leper, is that when you go anywhere and you're traveling anywhere, just moving back and forth, you have to alert people that you're coming by crying out the word unclean. So as you're moving back and forth, you have to let people know you're coming unclean, unclean. So they lived their lives at a distance. They were isolated. They were separated. They had this forced physical distancing that was the norm for their lives. In fact, I don't know if you noticed it, but in in verse 12, it said that as Jesus was passing by, they were standing at a distance, right? They knew their place. They, They knew that they couldn't be right up on the road with everybody else. So when I say I have something in common with them. I believe that we all have something in common with them. I don't mean to say that our temporary situation, kind of this stay home, stay safe order that we're operating under, has anything in common with the, the living, the life of distance and shame that they live. They're not the same. That's not what I mean when I say we have something in common. I don't know anything about that kind of life, but what I've realized more than ever is how much we are the same in our brokenness and our distance from God. So here's something we do have in common with the lepers. We are both sick. We we share uh, living with a disease that eats away at us and eats away at being who we were created to be. Leprosy is a disease that disfigures you. Uh, So you don't look the way that you were born to look the more it eats away at your skin. It, It takes away for most lepers your ability to see. It takes your eyesight. Most lepers end up blind. And as humans, we all have this similar disease. The Bible calls it sin that disfigures us. So we were created to live one way, but we miss the mark. We go a different way. And when it gets really bad, this disease, we can't even see how far we've wandered away. There's a, a book in the Bible called Romans that talks a lot about sin, and we don't like to talk about sin. It's not pleasant. And today my plan is to speak life and hope to you and to encourage you. And the only way to get there is by recognizing how much in common we have with these lepers. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Just say that out loud, all sinned. Come on, say it, all sinned. We all wandered away. We all did our own thing. We all missed the mark. We all stopped short of how we were created to live and who we were created to live for. You need to get this this morning. There, There was this king named David who was outraged at one point because he heard a story about how someone had done something awful to their neighbor. He was hearing the story from this prophet named Samuel. And he said, something's got to be done about this awful person who was awful to their neighbor. I want you to tell me who it is so that they can be punished. And the prophet looked him straight in the eye and said, it's you, David. You're you're the one that this story is about. So it's easy sometimes to see how others come up short. But this disease I'm talking about this morning will take away your ability to see it in yourself. Romans says, all sinned. But fortunately for us, there is another all. Verse 13 of what we read today that says that from a distance, these lepers cried out to Jesus. They weren't too proud to beg, in other words, right? They weren't too proud to be heard. They cried out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And it doesn't say that just one of them cried out, so we assume that it it was all of them. So here's the other all. Jesus healed. He healed all of them. Look at verse uh, 14 again. It says, When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. I want you to get this. It was done just like that. They were healed as soon as he said the word. He said, go show yourself to the priest, and they were all healed. Now, two things to know, just because it's interesting. First of all, the the reason they had to go to the priest was because in that culture, it was the priest who had to proclaim you healed and clean. So if you didn't see the priest, everyone would presume presume that you were still unclean, presume that you were still a leper. The only way to get back into the community and not have to stand at a distance anymore is the priest had to say so. The priest is kind of like that one cool kid uh, that lets everybody know when it's time to let somebody into the cool group and sit at the cool table, right? The priest didn't have anything to do with the healing taking place. That was all Jesus, but the priest... Had to say, yeah, it happened and welcome back to community. I want everybody to get this today healing is coming. And everyone, it says, that cried out for healing got healed. And that's because God is not a respecter of persons. You don't have to jump through any extra hoops. You don't have to be in the right crowd. You don't have to know, as I often say, how to, how to do the Holy Ghost shoulder and, and say amen just the right way. Healing is coming even to those people who are standing off at a distance on the side of the road. And listen, that's why we are praying over our city and our state and our our country and our world. Our prayers are not first for ourselves or for our church. They're directed in exactly the way that Jesus told us to go. He said, go to the whole world. God is calling us to be a part of that healing and to not just be about ourselves, but to be about the city of Norwalk and our surrounding areas and all the places that surround us. Healing is coming for everyone. Come on, say that where you're sitting right now. Say healing is coming. And now say for all. So, But now that we've seen all of that, check it out. There's this one guy, one out of 10. If you're keeping score at home, that's not a very high percentage, right? One guy comes back to say thank you. Did you see this in verse 15? Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. Now, I don't know why the other nine didn't come back. Maybe they were so excited to get back to their families that they hadn't been able to see or live with uh, in so many years that they just didn't think about it. Maybe that's why. Maybe maybe they didn't want to identify themselves too closely to Jesus because he was not too popular with the religious folk, with uh, those who were in authority, including that priest who has just found out that Jesus had healed them. So those guys weren't any less healed, but they were less grateful. But there's this one guy, it says, he comes back, verse 16, it says, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And then it adds, now he was a Samaritan. If you were around for our Neighborhood Watch series, you already know how God feels about the foreigner and the outsider, so I'm not going to stay on this, but the fact that Luke makes note of this is important, making note that the one who returned and was grateful was a Samaritan. In fact, if you go into verse 17 and 18, you can see that Jesus makes a really big show of making sure that all the Jews that are standing around watching this take place know who this person that came back was. He's a Samaritan. So that's for free today. What I really want us to see today is the posture of gratitude and the result of gratitude. First of all, the posture of gratitude. Verse 15 says, this guy didn't just come back saying thanks. He came back praising God. In fact, he did it, it says, with a loud voice. Listen, when you're grateful, you're going to make some noise. It's why we often sing this song that says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. All throughout the Bible, we. We see people who love God saying things like, I can't stay quiet. I can't keep it to myself. I've got to say something. If I don't, the rocks are going to shout out in my place. One prophet named Jeremiah said, it's like I've got fire that's shut up inside my bones. I've got to get it out. The posture of gratitude is praise, and praise is about letting everyone know who God is and what He's done for you. So this guy didn't come whispering quietly, hey, Jesus, thanks for the healing. That was really nice. You're really a stand-up guy. No, it was, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Thank you for setting me free. You're the best. You're the greatest. There is no one like you. Verse 16 says that he fell down at Jesus' feet. So he didn't grab on to Jesus He's probably still getting used to the idea that he's now able to touch people. He's only been healed for about 20 minutes. So you can give him a break that he didn't hug Jesus. But this is the posture of gratitude. It's what people falling on their face is what people did back in this day when they were in coming in front of royalty. It's the posture of someone who says everything I have is because of you. And I realized as I was reading this week that this guy isn't just showing up the other nine. He is showing up every follower of Christ who doesn't give God thanks for what the apostle, this early church leader named Paul, calls for always and for everything. He said, Paul said, that's what we should give thanks for. Here's what we need to know. God is the giver of all things. Every mouthful of food that we take, every breath of air that we bring in, every note of music that we hear, when we see the smile on the face of a friend, of a child, that comes from God. Every roll of toilet paper, okay? They all come from Him. I've never, I don't think, appreciated the world that God created for us more than I have in the past few weeks. Uh, God didn't have to give us the kind of world that we live in, this beauty that we're surrounded with. He could have made it dull and boring, but he didn't. And I want you to listen to me. There's this old spiritual discipline called naming your blessings. And I want to encourage everybody at Broad River Church, those that are watching this week, to do that this week. Take out some paper, open up the Notes app on your phone, and just make a list of what God has done for you. Would you do that this week? Name them out. You can even start right as we're done here today or sometime this afternoon. Name them out and then thank God for them. This is the posture of gratitude. But I want you to keep one more thing in mind, and it's the result of gratitude. Look at the last thing that Jesus says to this former uh, leper, this grateful former leper. He says, and he said to him, rise and go your way. The first thing he says is when he comes back is, rise, get up. The first Christians would have recognized this is resurrection language. So he didn't just heal this guy. He's given him a whole new life. It's like this other story of the prodigal son. When when the son returns back, the, the father says, this son that was once dead is now alive again. Healing is coming, but it's not just about covering up some temporary pain. It's not just about a short-term virus or disease that goes away temporarily. Listen to me, Jesus has a new life in mind for you. Watch this. God sees a faith inside of you that you aren't even able to see in yourself. He says he sees all of who you are, and that includes a part of you that some of you didn't even know was there. And God is saying to us in this crazy, scary moment of coronavirus 2020, rise up, get up. I've got new life for you. In fact, there's more. The final words of Jesus to this man, he says, your faith, in verse 19, has made you well. So faith and healing always go hand in hand. That's why we want to do everything we can in this season to build up your faith. This faith is not just about a wishing on a star kind of moment or some random belief in a higher power. This is the belief that the God of life and death is at work in and through Jesus in you. And it's not just some distant general truth, but it is a specific truth for you and me right here and right now. So you need to build up that faith, spending time with God in prayer. Do your soap reading. If you haven't started that, start that soap reading. Find an online small group or two. They're all listed on our website, and they're going great. They're, they're growing and, and moving forward. List out. Your blessings, as I've suggested. Spend some time just praising God. You might want to turn on some worship music and just praise God out loud. And notice to to this guy that Jesus doesn't just say, hey, guy, you're healed. No, he says, you are well. Right? If you've ever been sick, you know there's a difference sometimes between getting over sickness and being really well. If you've had a surgery, you might be technically healed up, but it might be weeks before you are truly well. In fact, other translations of this same verse use the word whole here. Jesus saying to this man, your faith has made you whole. And that's the word I want to leave you with today. Here's what I believe. The, the other guys, the other nine guys, they didn't have leprosy anymore, but I think they still had scars from what the leprosy did to them. I think there might have still been some blindness, even after their healing, because of what the leprosy did to them. But Jesus says to this guy, your faith has made you whole. Come on, right where you are today, just say that word out loud. Say whole, whole. What if the result of this season was not just avoiding the virus, but it was walking into the full life of faith that God has promised us? What if you didn't just emerge from your your house at whatever point marked safe from COVID-19, but what if God raised you up to a new life and wholeness in him? What if that same thing happened for the people you love in your life and for our city? Healing is coming. God wants to raise us to new life and wholeness. I want to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, thank you. That you've gathered us in this time, in this moment, in this place. And God, wherever you are, it's a holy place. And so we claim this as holy ground right now. Thank you, Lord, that you've spoken us today. And I I pray specifically for for people that are going to have the opportunity to discover this new faith within them. That, that God, you don't just have healing in mind, but you have wholeness in mind. And, And I thank you, Lord, that you are bringing your people to build up their faith to a new level of wholeness that you don't want to stop short of everything that you have in mind for us, God. I'm thinking this morning of some people who are watching that may have never made the decision to follow after you. And as they've been listening and they've they've been hearing about turning away from sin and they've been hearing about this Jesus that came for us and this one who came and laid down his life for us and, and because of his death and his burial and his resurrection has new life for us, a whole new kind of life. And as they've been hearing about that, they've realized that they've never made the decision to follow after you. So God, just right here in this moment, I want to lead those that are listening right now. And if you're listening right now and that's you, if you just have your eyes closed and I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you would just repeat this prayer after me, and I'm going to say the words, but make them your words. Make this your prayer to the Lord right now. Pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for the new life I have in you. And that because you live, I can live. So now, Lord, I turn from my sin. Forgive me of how I've sinned. And turn my heart back to you. And to the best of my ability, I will follow you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen.